Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the quarter century mark of podcast episodes for Biscuits, colon, a hockey podcast. Episode 25. I'm Dave, Dave Lozo of many, many websites, but no longer Uproxx. I've been, I've been laid off, so that's one less thing to squeeze into my Twitter profile, although it is sad because I will miss that place and it was fun to do stuff there, and I might still do stuff there in the future, but for now, all that matters is hockey, and all that matters is Sean. Hi, hi, Sean. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Are you over it yet? I am. Really? Yes. I'm good. I've I've made a full recovery from this time last week. Where was this? At? Where was the Leafs series? They were up, right? Or was it? No, it had just gone two two, mm-hmm. and there was still some hope. But uh, then they they lost two straight. But I'm yeah, I'm good. I'm over it. I, I I wrote a thing this week where it's like this is the first time that the Leafs have lost a playoff series, and I. I'm not completely miserable about it for days and weeks afterwards. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, yeah, no, future looks bright and they, they gave it a good run and I think the better team won and I can't, uh, I can't get too worked up. And, and you're rooting for the Caps sort of now. Kind of. Yeah. I don't, I, and, and it's weird. Like I, I, I just kind of threw that out on Twitter. Like, ah, you know what? I kind of hope the Capitals go on and win the, win the cup now. And there's like, two very distinct schools of thought as a fan like there's that team just beat me so screw them i want them to lose in the most miserable way possible and and you know lots of leaf fans seem to be kind of on that side of things and then there's the side where it's like in a series like this one where like nothing really happened there wasn't anything where you you come out of that like oh i can't stand those guys you might as well hope they do well because then you can pretend right. that you were the second best team in the league, right? You can be like, <laughs> hey, we lost to the champs. We could have been number two. Who knows? Whereas if they like one thing I like to do every year is when the Stanley Cup is is decided, I like to go back and figure out like who was the team that lost to the team that lost to the team that lost to the team that won the Stanley Cup out of the sixteen teams. Cause that there's one team every year, like, you are literally as far as possible from winning a championship. And it's always just nice to throw that team out there because that fan base is always like, oh, we never even thought of that. Thanks. <laughs> we just gotten over getting eliminated six weeks ago, and you just made it so much worse. So hopefully that team's not the Leafs this year because I know I'll get that thrown yeah. right back in my face. Well, before we move on to the, the current events and things people care about, like teams that are still in the playoffs, I want to get your take on 
the Capitals fans that showed up to Maple Leaf Square to watch their team win in Maple Leaf Square. It was it was two girls, I think, for Game 6, and it was like two dudes for Game yeah. 4. And one of the dudes for Game 4 wasn't even a Caps fan. He was a Flyers fan living in Toronto who was just like, I hate the Leafs. I'm going to go to the store and buy an Ovechkin shirt, go to Maple Leaf Square, and root against the Leafs. Right. Now, as a Leafs fan, or just as a person... How do you how do you feel about that whole thing of like another fans another team's fans showing up at what is essentially like a party for Leafs fans and just like crashing it essentially? See, I did, it, it didn't bother me that Caps fans showed up because that's you know at the end of the day it's it's not that different from when Leaf fans show up at other teams' rinks, which they do all the time. I but mean, the, they, they, but the, the, rink, the rink is different to me than, like, yeah. hanging outside and watching it on a big screen. I don't know. I, I just – I don't mind it. It's weird to me. It's it's a little bit different. I just – you know, like, I, I'm up here in Ottawa, and every time the, the Leafs are in, in Ottawa, a bunch of Leaf fans take over the whole building, and Senator fans are just – giant babies about it like they just they're oh you and they always they make all this stuff oh you're so rude and obnoxious and all these fans are so terrible and then you see you know i kind of like that you you saw capitals fans show up at a leaf fan thing and leaf fans are just like oh hey okay go ahead have a you know stand here go stand in the front row that's fine nobody nobody did anything everybody left them alone it was it was cool and it's the front right up until right up until you find out that one of the one of them was a flyers fan (laughs) Because at that point, it's like, that that doesn't offend me as a Leafs fan, but if I'm a Flyers fan, I'm like, you're, dude, you're not a Flyers fan anymore. <laughs> you can't put another team's jersey on in the playoffs and just, and and like, that's, like, there's this thing with Leaf fans where, and, and I get it, because it, it's, it's, I don't know if, it, maybe it's a Canada thing, because you also see it with, with the Canadians, and a lot of it depends on where you live and where you were raised and all that, but it's like, there are people who are... Their favorite team is just whoever's playing the Leafs. Man, really? Or their favorite team is whoever's playing the hat. Like that. That I had. I had like my my grandfather. That was his 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 thing. ABC. Anybody but the Canadians. And <laughs> it, because he was in Montreal, and he was like, I just whoever beats these guys. But it's like it still goes on. Like I mean, imagine being a fan of another team, but hating a team that you don't even have a rivalry, but you just happen to live there, and and just being like, I'm gonna go put on another team's jersey. And spend five hours standing outside, it's insane, just to just to troll Leaf fans, and then turns out like didn't didn't even really troll them at all because most Leaf fans are just like eh, whatever, sure. So good good try, good effort, Flyers fan. It's weird because like I get it from the Leaf hater standpoint of why you would go there because you want to be an obnoxious jerk for three hours. Like I can I totally see the rationale behind it, <laughs> but like if you're the two girls and you're like huge Caps fans. Like, why, like if you go inside the building, yeah, you're going to be surrounded by Leafs fans anyway. But like, yeah. it's different. You're inside the building. Like, if I'm like, like say, like, okay, I'm a Giants fan, and someone was like, hey, I don't know, G- Giants, Giants, Eagles in Philadelphia playoff game, wild card game. You want to co- want to come? Yes, yes. Where are we sitting? Well, um, we're not sitting anywhere inside. We're going to watch it out in the uh, the Lincoln Financial Field parking lot on a big screen TV, surrounded by Eagles fans. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. That, that, that. that sounds like the worst experience ever for me because if the Eagles win, I'm surrounded by like 200, you know, drunken idiots who are going to be in my face. And it's not about like Philly versus Toronto. It's just about the environment you want to watch the game in. I just don't know why as a Caps fan you would want to do that. But yeah, I don't each, know. I didn't to to me, re, you know, represent your team. I, I didn't uh, I didn't mind that. I hope it doesn't. I don't know. I, it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens if the Leafs ever play like the Habs in the playoffs where there is a significant, I mean, those are probably the only two Washington Capitals fans in in all of Toronto. Uh, You know, see what happens if suddenly like 20% of that area is all 
Leafs fans. That that might end up being a bit of a different vibe, but yeah. all right, that's fair. But speaking of uh, speaking of of things that could have gone horribly wrong but didn't for Nashville anyway, the PK Subban trade. I yes. love I love talking about this because at no point so so last night in in game one of all the uh, the Western series it was really all about winning and losing the trade it was PK Subban three points probably should have had a fourth I still think he should have got a fourth on that on that last goal by Vern Fiddler but whatever and then Adam Larson scoring two goals the guy who was traded for Taylor Hall and I feel like we're at a point with PK Subban where the takes are all pretty much the same. It's Montreal's stupid, PK Subban's great, Nashville won that trade from the moment it happened until now. But there's this unbelievably weird sentiment about how the Oilers are where they are, not because of Connor McDavid, not because Cam Talbot played 73 games and was just insanely good against high danger situations. It's Adam Larson. And then Adam Larson scoring two goals last night just amplified it to the point where it's it's just it's unbelievable how delusional certain Edmonton people are yeah and and, you know like I get I get it from a fan perspective I like do you though I don't know if you're Joe fan and your team makes a trade and especially if your team makes a trade and then all the so-called experts are like that's a dumb trade I get that you're gonna twist yourself into knots a little bit to try to Mm. come around on it and and defend it I I I get the sense that I guess I have to give some credit to Peter Shirelli because I get the sense that the Oilers front office has done a very good job managing the perceptions on this trade. I feel like almost from day one where the trade kind of happened and everybody was sort of in shock, like that like that can't be the whole trade. There's got to be <laughs> something else coming back. That that, that couldn't just be one for one. Uh, you know, it, it feels like almost immediately you sort of got the tide start to turn and uh, you know, but yeah, the, this just the fact that this trade happened and now the Oilers are good, and therefore the Oilers are good because this trade happened is uh, is a little dicey. And I, I was off a bit because I, I my prediction at the beginning of the year was that Conor McDavid was going to be healthy, he was going to have an Art Ross season, the Oilers would probably get back to the playoffs, and everybody would give all the credit to Milan Lucic for right teaching them how to win and just protecting you know, McDavid. Yeah, his sheer presence in the dressing room of playing the game the right way would rub off. And it's it's like everything that I predicted kind of happened, except you don't actually really hear about Lucic all that much. It's it's all Adam Larson. And yeah, I guess apparently scoring two goals for the first time <laughs> in his life, more or less. One of which he just threw towards the net and, and, yeah. and the Ducks kicked into their own net. Uh, so Taylor Hall wouldn't have done. No, no. Taylor Hall would would not have done that. And and like I said at the time, like when that crazy day happened, my my take on the two trades that I think has actually held up kind of well was that I I felt like the Canadians made a bad trade that they didn't have to make, while the Oilers made a very bad trade that I could kind of understand why they made. Yeah, like the, the the to me the metaphor is like if if the brakes on your car aren't working and you take it around to like every every mechanic in town and all of them are charging outrageous prices and you're like i'm not doing it i'm not paying that price eventually after your cars hit a tree for the third or fourth time (laughs) you just got to go and pay to get your brakes fixed whatever it costs whether you get ripped off or not and it was kind of like the oilers blue line was sort of like that those failing brakes were like how many years are we going to throw away before we just go and and pay an outrageous price to to make the blue line better so i get why they made the trade but this this idea now that you know like somehow subtracting Taylor Hall 
was the magic key to... Oh, locker room cancer, Sean. That's all I've heard on Twitter. Apparently. Just apparently the worst worst locker room presence since uh, the mumps is, is, is what the people are saying <laughs> about Taylor Hall, even though I've never heard that once here in New Jersey. So I don't know. I, 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 like, I'm, the other thing, too, I find with the Edmonton media is... They, 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 and you're right. The thing about Chiarelli, I think, is absolutely right. Is the Edmonton media takes all of its cues from management. Like, there's really not a ton of like critical self thought that comes out of them. Like, if, if, like, like, let's, let's say if the Oilers were to have crapped their pants this year, let's say they would have finished with 82 points, missed the playoffs. I still think the the Edmonton media would have been like, well, imagine if it was Taylor Hall, they would have had 73 points. This is still an imp- there, there still would have been that sentiment yeah. because. They they continuously go like like all those years the Oilers were bad. I think there's something with Kevin Lowe. If Kevin Lowe tells you something, like the media there is just like, yeah, he's right. It's Kevin Lowe. Well, the other thing with the like with the Ottawa media and, and part of the fan base, you, you got to remember like there's a couple of weird factors at play here. One is that that the team was bad for ten straight years, and having been in Ottawa, like when a team is that bad for that long, it messes with everybody. Like there was a time, like the Senators at one point were considered the worst franchise in all of sports, not just the NHL, like their first five years of existence. And that, that messes with you. Like it got to the point where the local media here, you know, like if, if the Senators could just like, just cleared the zone properly, (laughs) they would get like a whole column, like, congratulations, this is, they're really turning a corner here because at some point it just gets mean to keep dumping on them and criticizing like it's overkill. Yeah. So I, I think that might be part of it, but I think also another factor is you got to remember a huge chunk of the analytics movement rose up in Edmonton. Like it came from bloggers and fans in Edmonton, not just there, but, but that was kind of one of the, the main ground zeros for, for that whole thing. And it was happening at a time where if you were writing online, you were a blogger, you were therefore on one side and the media was on the other side. And so, you know, I wonder if that's part of it. Like the Edmonton media strikes me as still very old school, like very, like it's grit and courage and heart Mm -hmm. and shot blocking and, you know, Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier walking by the Islanders dressing room and realizing (laughs) how many bruises it took to win a Stanley Cup and like that. I wonder if part of that is because for this time you had at what at at that point was just this niche, very loud, very opinionated, very kind of in your face opponents who kept throwing stuff at them from an analytics side, and it it just sort of entrenched them even more to the point where even today, where that you know that stuff that was happening less than ten years ago feels like it's from another era. Like everybody looks at this stuff, everybody gets along. It's it's mostly fine, and. I wonder if like that's still the one city where there's there's still some bad blood there and some yeah uh, you know to the point where when the analytics guys all go oh my god this is a terrible trade there's just almost this knee jerk feeling of okay now I got to go and dig out the other side and and figure out why these guys might be wrong it's just weird to me that like you you can't see two things like yes the others got better yeah the trade helps the blue line but at the end of the day like okay I'm looking at the roster from this year who would you say Adam Larson is more important than here. Connor McDavid, no. Leon Dreisaitl, no. Jordan Eberle, no. Cam Talbot, no. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, no. Andre 
Andre, however he's pronouncing his name these days, Sekera, Sekera. I'm pretty sure that that um, uh, Brian Burke, who's calling the games on NBCSN, has dropped the second E from Sekera. I, so <laughs> I, I, know, I have no idea how to pronounce that guy's name anymore. Clefbaum, Patrick Maroon. He's probably the ninth or tenth most important guy in the team. And that's with the top three guys, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Talbot all being heavily, heavily way more valuable than like the fourth most important guy on the team. Yeah. So I just don't know how you can't just say, yeah, sure, Larson helped fortify the blue line. Sure, it was great. But it's not like the defense played great in front of Cam Talbot. Like Cam Talbot is probably the second biggest reason behind McDavid, then Dreisaitl. And then after that, it's just like a bunch of guys having good seasons. And yeah, it, Larson's one of them. But even in the first round, I mean, Zach Cassian was more important than Adam Larson. It's 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 just insane. It's like it's almost like they were waiting around for that one great Adam Larson game in the playoffs. Like the one goal was enough to do it. They were like, all right, this is great. We got it. And then he scored a second one. And it was just like people orgasmed inside the press box at the Honda Center and could not wait to yeah. get their Adam Larson takeout. And now here we are taking on the takes. So it's uh, yeah. it's the content cycle. Y- you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait until the NHL awards when the voting comes out and we find that there's one fifth place vote for Adam Larson for the most trophy. Fifth. There's going to be like a top. I I, I bet you. And we all got to sit around and go, I wonder where that came from. Top three. He will get a top. He will get a top three vote from somebody in Edmonton. I almost, I, I don't know if I'd bet on that. If you give me odds, I'll bet on it. If you give me ten to one, yeah, I, I would. I would bet you five dollars, five to one, five to one odds on five bucks that he's a top three vote getter on someone's ballot. Yeah, I'm going to say top five Norris. Long shot. If somebody was really feeling oh, no. particularly feisty, no fifth fifth place heart trophy. Oh God. Oh God. Not, usually, I don't look forward to the awards outside of like tweeting jokes during it. Now, I really want to see yeah. the ballots for Adam Larson. Oh, those are the like the uh, the weird votes that uh, just get snuck in there. The are the best. Like some of the old ones are great too. Like in the eighties and nineties or nobody even really saw the lists. And then they like websites started compiling and you go back and you're like, what? How, who did that guy get? How'd that guy get a vote? But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to say that. And, and then, you know, needless to say, Peter Shirelli is going to get a ton of GM of the year votes too, because he, he did the two things that you need to do to get, get votes for that, which is number one, improved his team. And number two, took a bunch of crap for it. Like, yep. That's that's that that's the that's the two things that they're looking for there. I mean, this these guys, GM of the year, like they get they will vote for people who get fired in the middle of the season. So <laughs> they will definitely vote for a team that uh, is in is in the second round. For, I I mean, wait, like where what are your thoughts on this this series and the Oilers? Like they can win this series, right? Oh sure, I I, I picked Ducks in seven. I said it from the beginning that pretty much anyone in the West could come out of the West this year. And I think I might have excluded St. Louis from that. So, of course, they beat Minnesota, who I picked to come out of the West. So, at this point, yeah, 100%. I think I, I think at this point, the Predators just have, you know, they have that um, that rocket up their ass that's just going to propel them to the Stanley Cup final at this point. Once they swept Chicago, it kind of feels like a foregone conclusion. But for sure, Edmonton can beat Anaheim. But I just thought Anaheim would be a little bit deeper, a little bit better. But I didn't expect John Gibson to... Um, take a bigger dump than Cam Talbot did in game one. That was a, that was a pretty exceptional third period of goaltending on, on Wednesday night. Speaking of Wednesday night, the, the other game, the Nashville game, it was pretty much the same game. Like, yeah, right. 3-1, 3-1 lead for the road team. Home team comes back. Road team scores the late goal, takes the lead. And, and we get, in a sense, we get kind of even the same storyline coming out of it where – You've got the other big trade that happened on the same day as the Hall Larson trade, which is obviously PK Subban for Shea Weber, and 
just like in that other trade, one guy is sitting at home and one guy is lighting it up in game one. And I mean, this was what with, with apologies to Adam Larson, who, who played well and, and had a little bit of luck on, on one of those goals. Like PK Subban was just oh. all over the place. Like that was a PK Subban game. And, uh, you know, again, same, same thing where a lot of people look at that and go, okay, we can now, we can, we can declare the debate over. And I like, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I don't feel like we've found the consensus on, on Weber for Subban. I still feel like there's a chunk yeah. of, of, of Montreal fans plus kind of old school fans who still, who still really like the Shea Weber side of that. But uh, like, if you're a Montreal fan, you're kind of on the fence and still feeling okay about it. That game Wednesday night was the last <laughs> thing you wanted to see, especially after your team just lost a series where they could have won, but they couldn't create that. Like they didn't have that one game changing guy who could take over on offense. Even Shea Weber's great offensive defenseman, but he's a great, he himself is a great offensive defenseman. He's not one of these guys who just makes all four guys on the ice with him more dangerous. Right. Like Subban can be. And this was like, you're sitting there as a Montreal fan going, gosh, what were we missing? What was the one thing that could have maybe tilted that series by, by giving us an extra goal or two? And then you sit down and watch this game and there's you're like, your, oh, your old pal. Right. Just tearing up the ice. Just, just the best player on the ice, head and shoulders. So the, the way I felt about the two trades that, that, that day last year was the Larson for Hall trade could work out to be better than we than we think at the time. I still don't think it really did work out. As I think it's like Taylor Hall is still really good. The Devils are just an absolutely putrid team. But with Weber, um, Subban, I really thought this was going to be the year where it was the absolute best it was ever going to get for Montreal. Because as the years go on, you know PK is twenty seven. Shea Weber is going to be thirty two next season when when that season starts. This was going to be as good as it gets. And it's not so much the trade is bad, but it's the philosophy that Mark Bergevin instilled based on that trade. You know, he gets he gets Shea Weber, he gets Andrew Shaw, he goes gets Dwight King, he gets Steve Ott. He just gets the toughest toughs to ever tough, and they lose essentially by one goal in a six-game series where Carey Price was phenomenal. He basically let up one bad goal the whole series, and it wasn't even really bad. It was that Zuccarello power play goal in game six, which was, it was, it was not good, but it wasn't bad. They lost because they couldn't score goals. So you're like, all right, six-game series. Henrik Lundqvist stole it from us. I mean, yeah, Weber, Subban, whatever. And then, yeah, P.K. Subban goes out and he gets a goal and two assists. Basically sets up the winner for Vern Fiddler with the pass into the zone. But the Jay Bowmeister touched it, so I guess it's not an assist. But you can't I, – I just don't know how at this point you can ever – think that it's ever going to get better for the Canadians because like, like Nashville is probably going to go to the conference finals at the very least P.K. Subban's going to play for a Stanley Cup very likely is he going to have a good enough team to beat Pittsburgh or Washington eh, I don't know but I just think like P.K. Subban winning a Stanley Cup this year would be the funniest possible thing that can happen and it's yes. all it's all like I, I picked the caps to win the cup I would laugh my balls off if P.K. Subban wins the Stanley Cup his first year in Nashville. That's all I want. That's all I want, Sean. P.K. Subban versus Alexander Ovechkin oh. in the Stanley Cup would just be so confusing oh. <laughs> and upsetting for so many people out there. It's like Thornton and Kessel last year, like where it's like these yeah. two losers that can't win, and now this year it's going to be the two selfish guys who can't possibly be team players, and oh, hey, well, one of them's going to get a Stanley Cup, so enjoy. I think I think you're you're bang on on, on the, the, the trade in the sense that 
it was always a trade that you looked at and you went, okay, if if this is going to work out well for Montreal, it's going to be a case where they're going to have the edge early. And then, you know, as as the Weber contract goes bad and, and yes, you know, given the aging curves and where these guys are in their career, probably years four or five plus maybe favor Nashville. But for now, Montreal's got the window. They got Carey Price in his prime. If this trade makes them better, even for a couple of years, then go ahead and do it, and and maybe it's worth it. And you're sitting there at the end of year one, and you're sitting at home, and PK Subban is is you know again not just not just happens to be on a team that's doing well, but is having games where he just kind of single handedly grabs his team and says you know we're we're winning this game. I like the the thing with Subban is that I will never understand. Like I, we're not in the locker rooms. We're not behind the scenes. We don't know what conversations happen. We don't know. I'm sure every team has got stories we we have not heard about and never will hear about, unless it's Boston, in which case we'll hear about all of them the day that <laughs> the, the second, guy gets traded. But the second the guy leaves, but everywhere else, you know, I I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say PK Subban is a you know great guy in the dressing room or whatever. I I, I have no way of knowing, but like I. I think back to that. Do you remember that 2014 series against the Bruins, mm. where it and it went it went seven, and it was game seven was in Boston, and after after Montreal won game six, PK Subban had had a quote. I don't have it in front of me, but um, I, I'll paraphrase it. I think pretty closely. Like he basically said, "I can't wait to go into Boston and feel all the energy and all the noise." And everything that's coming from their fans and their building, and I can't wait to take it all away from them. <laughs> and then Montreal won in in one game seven, and and at the time everyone was just like, okay. And then two years later, everyone's like, you know, you just can't win with PK Subban. This guy's just not. A... And I'm sitting there going, like, can you imagine if Jonathan Taves had ever said that uh. before a game seven road game, and Chicago had won? Like, you would you would be leaving. They would build a statue of Jonathan Taves outside the other team's building. Like you would be leaving and the statue would already be there. Like if Mark Messier had ever said that, we would never hear the end of it. He did but, say that. Well, he did. He, 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 he didn't even go that far, right? He just said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to win. We're going to win tonight. But like PK Subban was like, I want to go in my biggest rivals building and I want them to get as loud as possible so that I can shut them all up. And two years later, people are like, I don't know if this is if he's got the right attitude for, for how to win. Uh, yeah, John, Jonathan Taves wouldn't ever said that because he's a very good Canadian boy who would never dare disrespect the right. team. He just respects everyone so much that that was a series where where PK got the breakaway because like Dougie Hamilton ventured off to like the middle of nowhere to hit a guy, and then somehow PK Subban got a breakaway. I think in that. In I think that so. Series. Yeah, and then the, yeah, I can't remember if it was was that the one where he had the overtime goal and he's like waving the crest of the jersey at the, mm-hmm. like. I, if other guys did that in this league, we would all just gush over how how wonderful and inspiring they are and and yet, you know, he does it and apparently I don't know, apparently they lost a game in February one day and he smiled a little bit too much on the way back to the bus and that was it. They, no, there was the one game where he 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 did that during the regular season and I think like like James James Van Reems like did, did like a revenge game winning goal celebration oh, yes, where he did the same right. thing cuz god forbid anyone ever have any fun in this stupid yes. sport that yeah, nobody Shut watches apparently. The other the other, really? the, the other thing too with the Subban trade which I hadn't even considered at the time was 
like now Carey Price is a year from being a free agent. So imagine your Carey Price this year, watching your dumbass team not score any goals for you. You 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 have one of the better first rounds a guy can have as a goalie, and you lose in six games. And now you you, you get to that post game, the postseason post mortem press conference, and, and Mark Bergevin's like, eh, we don't need a number one center. Eh, I think we're going to be fine. And you're you're Carey Price, and you're like, I, I you want you want me to sign an extension July first yeah. based on this? Like, what if you lose Carey Price because you trade a PK Subban? Like how? How, how like what's the opposite of GM of the year? Is it BM of the year? <laughs> like you just you just take a dump on your your once great team because you wanted to get tough. Uh, that should be a new award. <laughs> Sponsored by Metamucil. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, I it's I I enjoyed that that like Montreal post series like the the locker cleanout. I, and I like the fact that like Bergevin was asked, "Would you consider trading Carey Price?" and he was like like no, hard no, absolutely not. And immediately everyone's like pulling up the quotes right. where he said the exact same thing about Subban last year. And uh, short uh, phone call, know, short phone call. I still, you know, I I will believe that when the first NHL star leaves his team as a free agent, anywhere near his prime, like when that happens one time, I'll start believing that it can happen. But until yeah. until then, I I mean, Price is going to, but he's going to sign some huge monster extension, and it'll again be the sort of contract where it'll be eight years and you'll be like oh years six seven and eight are gonna be mm-hmm. pretty ugly but you know that like we like i feel like we talk maybe too much about windows opening and closing but montreal you're kind of looking at them going like you guys are gonna be in tough tough shape in a few years cap wise they got like patch too is on that ridiculously good contract but yeah. he's only got i think i think he needs an extension next summer so yeah it's like Time to time to go out and do something. You would think, but yeah, it, they tried last year and look how that worked out. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the last guy to do it was Zach Parise in 2012 because like he wanted out of Jersey, so he kept. Yeah, he went to like arbitration his last year and just took like a one year whatever it was six million dollar deal and then he bailed for Minnesota. Yeah, even he wasn't. I don't know. Like he, I don't think he'd even had ever had a 70 point season or yeah. like one. Suter maybe maybe Suter would be more the guy, but yeah, I mean like we. I mean, Stamkos got to the free got to free agency, but I Boy. guess that was as close as it's come. And, but yeah, he made his choice, and that worked out great. Good job. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Stamkos, by the way, I, I every time I think I can't possibly love Nikita Kucherov more than I do, and this happens every off season. A, a guy from Russia, Finland, Sweden, wherever goes back home. Some yep. local media guys like Nikita. What's going on, buddy? How is the season? And then, like, the guy just vaporizes his team for 20 minutes in an interview in his, in his native language. And then, like, a week later, we find out, oh, it was just uh, misinterpreted. That's not what I said. I 100% believe Nikita Kucherov is super pissed because this guy was held hostage by Steve Eiserman all offseason. Nobody mm-hmm. came to give him a new contract. He signed the deal for less money than he was worth. And then he watched his team absolutely absolutely in his view in his mind anyway dog it all season until the very end until it was too late i i'm i am so on team nikita kucherov here it's ridiculous i'm I'm with you and yeah i was the the fun thing about like you're right this happens every year and it's like hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's like they, they should, if you have European players on your team, it's, I feel like <laughs> in the exit interviews, you should like hand them a little card that says, remember, we have the internet now. <laughs> Things you say in your local paper might make it back to us because, yeah. And, and, the, and the other weird thing about the Kucherov situation is, like, nobody can figure out who he was talking about because he's like, ah, oh, you know, I had to play with some guys and, they, you know, I didn't have chemistry. And it, and people are looking at, like, who he played with and yeah. they can't really figure out who it is that he was talking about. But It was Kalorin, though, wasn't it? Like, he was talking about a guy that got a big contract and then started dogging it and... Like, that could be it. I don't know. I was just, I was disappointed he didn't, like, I, as I was reading it, I'm like, okay, and get to the trade deadline. Get to the part <laughs> where you trade away a bunch of guys, miss the playoffs by one point, and everybody says your GM did a great job. Like, come on. Like, I'm, I'm alone on this bandwagon. I'm completely alone on the Steve Eisenman had a bad trade deadline bandwagon, and I thought Nikita Kucherov was going to jump on next to me, but he never did. He's going to be like, he's like, I was watching that Washington-Toronto series, and, and Brian Boyle made the greatest pass in the history of hockey to set up a game-winning goal in overtime. Maybe we could have used that goal in regulation this year. I, I don't know. Could have. Yeah, we hmm. could have used that. Yeah. it's. It, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time getting a read on Tampa because I always feel like they're, maybe before this year anyway, they're set up, they're going to be great for a long time, all this sort of stuff. And I don't know. There's always like rumblings that like Stamkos and John Cooper don't get along. And now, you know, they, 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 they screw Kucherov last summer and he comes out and has like a 40 goal, unbelievable great season. And it's still not good enough. Part of that's because Stamkos wasn't there. I understand that. But I don't know. There's like weird, there's like weird like tension all the time. It seems like yeah. coming out of Tampa. And it's weird for, for an organization that seems to be so set up and has been so good. Yeah. Oh, and Kucherov too. Like, I mean, he didn't mention Cooper, but. You know, he's talking about, well, yeah. I was playing with this guy and it was going well. And then I didn't understand why we got broken up. And, and I want to, and I mean, the other thing that's interesting is like, they've got these guys who need new contracts now. And you're assuming that Eisenman's just going to come in and do the, the same Jedi mind trick. But when you've just seen one of your teammates yeah, go and, and sort of say, hey, I took less money and then this is where it got me. You wonder if, I don't know, it, it might be. Maybe it's maybe it's fraying at the edges a bit more than than we think. I think if, I think if you if you take a contract where you're getting paid like two million dollars less per year, you you produce like you've never produced before, and you feel like your team's dogging it. Like this is the perfect response. He also had a thing too about where he, I think he said like Stamkos going out messed things up because the Mestikov was so good with him, and then that set off like a chain reaction. Like I feel like his analysis of the situation is pretty good. I think he was talking about how like how great he was with Drew N. And mm-hmm. if you if you look at his wowies with Drew N, like they were at like sixty percent, like Fenwick wise, and well, what are you gonna do? I just I, I'm just gonna I I hate the fact that we're gonna come in here and do this next week or in two weeks, and it's gonna be like, well, Nikita Kucherov, you know, he 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 said it was it was taken out of context, and he loves Steve Eiserman and he loves his teammates, and he didn't think anybody was dogging it, and we're gonna have to just you know kill Kucherov at that point for lying. Makes me sad. Yep. <sighs> Well, what else do you want to talk about? We got like twenty minutes left here. We got, we, we, we what got, else is going on? Yeah. We, we, we got, we got so much. I was just, I was talking to Tim before we started. I'm like, I feel like during the regular season, we, we, we're, we're like talking before the weekend. It's like, I don't know, should we talk about the Panthers again? There's like nothing going on. And now we're yeah. down to eight teams, and it's like there's forty three things to talk about. There's, there's all these things to talk about, and there's also uh, something big that's happening Saturday. Although it's not as big this year, but the draft lottery. 
yeah, which no, the NHL nobody, is. yeah, nobody cares, right? Nobody seems to care. Yeah, because they because there's not that the, those good players, and nobody like nobody obviously tanked the whole season to try to get the pick, which is always like that's what makes it fun, right? When you see some team up there, right? And there's an eighty percent chance that they're just going to get uh, get it. But man, I like I have already started feeling bad for the Colorado Avalanche because they just had one of quite possibly the worst season in the salary cap era easily i think it's and worse. and they were trying like they weren't <laughs> this isn't this the 2015 sabers who are like just blatantly tanking for for that draft pick this is they're trying oh by the and, way by the way have you have you seen the colorado avalanche twitter account like the last couple of weeks where they yes. just tweet out like carl soderberg scored 12 goals in 80 games this year I, I've got a mention of that in, in, in the grab bag this week because I like I honestly I'm concerned like it feels like 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 this is a cry for help where they're like after we picked him up on waivers he played 17 games <laughs> three points and you're like do you, do you need a hug avalanche Twitter account it's it's very it's very sad but I mean what would be more 2016 17 Colorado Avalanche than to go through that season and then lose the draft lottery three times and end up picking fourth like it's bad enough that they they had this terrible year in the one time out of the last few seasons where there's really not that much at the top of the draft to get excited about but there's definitely not all that much in the number four spot and there's a like there's a 50 50 chance that the last place team will drop all the way down to fourth. That would be so bad. Uh, you I know what the bad. absolute worst case scenario is for for the Avalanche? Joe it's, Sackick doesn't it's, get fired. It's that. Yeah, it's it's all of that. <laughs> Joe Sackick signs an extension, <laughs> and then one of the teams that passes him, like the team that jumps up for number one, is Detroit, <sighs> the old rival that hasn't missed the playoffs and just waltzes right up. Oh yeah, we'll take the number one pick. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, I feel like this is the kind of year where they already have a bunch of those, this, the same guys that are, that are peak second line centers. But yeah, yeah, I love, I love the idea of like, I understand they've traded, they've changed the draft lottery now where like it used to be where like the devils quote won the draft lottery that one year they got Adam Larson, but they picked third because of how the structure was like, is there any other sport where like a team has gone from like, 12th in the draft lottery to first like I, I i don't know if i've ever if i can remember anything like i remember the spurs one year in, ba- in yeah. basketball were like, bad like but. i feel like basketball works that way too like doesn't basketball kind of do all the picks i think yeah that I, way? what you mean like you mean like where anybody can pick first yeah i think so but i don't know i'm not i'm not super it's still well-versed. it's still weighted but yeah like i, I you're right yeah that i think this the the spurs and I, I think there have been teams that have definitely you know jumped up higher than 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 the bottom couple and I think but. the I think the Spurs had one they were super awesome then they had like one bad year where David Robinson was hurt and then they got yeah. Tim Duncan and then they were super awesome forever because of that but like I don't know if I can think of a time when a team was like ninth had the ninth best odds and suddenly like 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 imagine the Kings get to pick first this year like I want it that I want, I want I want anarchy I want some sort of crazy yeah. weird like, thing it's going to happen. happen if if we keep this system in place like it's going to eventually. We're eventually going to get that situation where some team jumps up from like tenth or twelfth or fourteenth, and and I was like, there was a part of me that was hoping something like that would happen in in like the McDavid year, have the team that like the fourteenth team jump up and and get that pick because then imagine being the team that like made the playoffs the final weekend of the of the season and you're all excited about it and then you get swept in the first round you're like wait a second that cost us Connor McDavid <laughs> because we were we could have finished. Like that's that's my favorite thing to do at the end of the year 
with the after the lottery is done is to look at like who won the lottery and then what spot did they finish and what team nearly finished there because there's so many you look back in history there's like so many seasons where like like the the oilers the patrick kane year the oilers i think were like one point away and they were holding down that spot that ended up winning the patrick kane lottery up until like the final weekend and there's been a bunch of ones like that like the the blue jackets were like one point away from having alexander ovechkin but they won a game in the last weekend and uh, you know, it's just like that. It, it's a fun way to torture. I was just going to say, base. I was just going to say this, this totally reminds me of, of the night the Leafs lost and you were like, I'm pulling for the caps. And 45 minutes later, you, you concocted <laughs> the meanest possible second round schedule full of jokes at the capital's expense. And now you're talking yeah. about how much fun it is to go back and look at which teams could have gotten Connor McDavid. It's great. Like I, uh, I, I, I'm trying to, I think it was actually, I think it was the, like, do you remember the, the infamous Patrick Stefan, uh, open net miss oh sure against the others right so he's playing with dallas it's the last second he goes down he fans on the open net edmonton comes back and and scores to tie the game they go into overtime dallas ends up winning anyway so it it didn't didn't really matter but like that extra point you take that point away from the edmonton oilers and keep everything else the same they finish in the chicago blackhawks spot and they end up winning the lottery and patrick kane is an Edmonton Oiler. Well, you also have to consider the fact that the NHL rigs the lotteries, right? I mean, we all know that. We all know that there's like some sort of like they, they never they never do that. Like like I understand like it's not ping pong balls, but they have like a weird computer program that spits out numbers. Like like why don't they ever do that live? I feel like that should be done. Well, do, you know what they should do? It's because it, because the way they do it, they have this incredibly weird system, and then they do the ping pong balls. But it's like you're right. Like every team has four fourteen number combinations, and they it, but what they do is so they have to draw four ping pong balls and they just draw them like if it like they 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 put the the video of the of the lottery up online and it's just like the balls just come out like bang 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 they read the number and then everybody has to check down their list like it's not like they draw the final ball and the leafs yeah. are like hey we got Austin Matthews like then they go down this list and somebody comes up to Gary Bettman and is like okay the leafs won the lottery and what they should do like how much fun would it be especially back in like with Connor McDavid draft when they were only doing one drawing, how much fun would it be to draw like draw one ball at a time? That was my idea for that year. Do it like the they, they do it the Saturday night during the playoffs. You draw one ball before the game, one ball the first intermission, one ball second intermission, and then the last ball at the end of the and you update the odds like as you go. You're like oh, okay now that we're down to three now because like the Maple Leafs had the best shot at Connor McDavid after three balls. We later found out last year the Oilers had the best shot at Austin Matthews. If you did it that way, like imagine, like that'd be mm. you wouldn't be able to tear yourself away from the TV. You'd be you'd be flipping out all night. But instead, they just do this like seven second drawing and then look up a spreadsheet and then they keep all those guys locked in a room and and don't, yeah. don't let them outside to tell anyone. They hit them with trank darts that that knocked them out for three and a half hours while while Bill Daly's out there like stacking up cards inside envelopes with logos on them. That's that's just uh, the NHL is just not good at at anything so that's never going to happen by the way just just because i googled it as we were talking the nba it looks to me like the team with the lowest odds that's won the lottery ninth ninth worst team oh yeah what what was that uh the Cavs in 2014 which is the andrew wiggins year oh wow i didn't know that uh as well as the bulls in the derrick rose year and i think that's it yeah the spurs were third worst the tim duncan year yeah, they weren't. Yeah, they were actually bad that year. There's another. There's an eighth. There's a seventh. Oh, eleventh. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. The magic. Remember the magic when they got they got Shaq, and then they won it again the next year, even though they were pretty good. Oh, I didn't remember that. That was back in like the early nine, and they took uh, they took Chris Webber, and that was they they had the eleventh worst record. Wow, they were, they were forty one and forty one, which in the five hundred in a league where five hundred actually has some integrity and means something. Did they trade Chris Webber? I don't. I don't remember Chris Webber ever being on the Magic. I thought he was a king his whole career, mostly. No, I don't know. Eh, I, don't I feel worry. like they, I feel like they may have had him for a while. I feel like that was right around when, like the NBA Jam years, which is probably the only time that I, <sighs> yeah. I knew who was on an NBA roster. He's heating up. Boy, this is, this is now this is now a basketball podcast, so we can we can it stay is. we can stay in here for twenty more minutes. I guess we don't have to be out of the room on time. We can kick anyone out of the room we want because we're talking about basketball. Just kidding. Yeah, they're, they're never going to listen to this anyway, so they're never going to find out about it. That's true. Uh, you want you want to do some mailbag questions? We got as well. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the questions you already covered. Some people want to know about uh, the Mark Bergevin, what the hell he's doing, the funniest team to win the draft lottery, OV versus PK in the Cup final. People are like basically like dictating our content without us even really knowing it. You know, it just just on the subject of the like the funniest team to win the lottery because I do like I do an annual power rankings and that's one of my categories and I. It, and we kind of touched on it already, and I feel bad for even mentioning it. But I do think the funniest result would be for the New Jersey Devils to win, so that we can all start calling Taylor Hall Mister Lottery. Like <laughs> he becomes the good luck, the only man to have won a draft lottery for Ty, and just like they they should make they should make him be the representative. I was just gonna say, yeah, <laughs> send them there. How cruel, how cruel would that be? It's like we have Vinny Viola from the Florida Panthers, and he's like, oh, Vinny Viola. And then it's like from the New Jersey Devils, Taylor Hall. He's just fucking miserable. He's just sitting there like, ugh. So, because, I mean, that'll be that'll be on Saturday. So Adam Larson will have scored his hat trick, including the <laughs> overtime winner in game two. And he'll just be just... Just stewing. And, and like and like and, and when the Devils win the lottery, he has to do the interview with, like, Catherine Tappan. He's going to have to be the guy. So, Taylor, what's it like to win another lottery? Yeah. Don't talk Familiar to Familiar ground for you, Taylor, right? <laughs> You've done this before. All right. Ice Crew Official wants to know what what are the best and worst brands of frozen pizza? Wow. I like DiGiorno. The worst is uh, is obviously Elio's. Elio's is just yeah. It, I don't I don't even know what that is. That's not so even I feel like brand. we have different brands probably up here in Canada. Uh, to me, I'm I'm grocery shopping for a family. I the best is whatever's on sale this week and the worst is whatever is not. Hmm. So I'm not paying seven dollars to feed my entire family. <laughs> you crooks. You ungrateful freeloaders. Yeah. God, your kids are old enough to have jobs at this point, right? They're like fourteen and twenty two, aren't they? They uh they are getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> this is actually a good question from Scott Aski. Probably spelling his or pronouncing his name wrong, but it, it's 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 about that tweet from NBC Sports this morning. He says, "I can't watch hockey anymore after the NBCSN Pens Caps tweet. What should I watch instead?" For those that don't know, for those that don't know, the the Pens and the NBCSN tweeted a thing out tonight because the Caps and Pens are playing tonight, and it was a picture of two Pens and a picture of two Caps to Pens. So so Pens Caps, and now everyone everyone everyone's been ruined by that tweet. Like I feel like I've been watching Pens and Caps playoff series for twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I should be proud or disappointed that that never occurred to me, but it's like now I it's I was so excited for this series too. I thought this was going to be. I wrote a thing this week like this is this is this might be the best second round series of all time. And now I'm just like, and it got even worse because somebody uh, tweeted at me. They're like, oh, I, that really gives us something to chew on. Uh, you go to you go straight to hell. And Cam Cole tweeted, "Bick, cause it's the cup." Get it? Oh. Get it? Uh, Cam. 
There's there's times no, on okay. there's times on Twitter where I'll see someone tweet a joke and I'm like, oh, I could have thought of that. And there's times on Twitter where I see a joke and I'm like mad because I know I never would have thought of that. That's yeah. the Pens Caps tweet. Like I never ever that never ever would have occurred to me. Stupid NBCSN with their puns and cleverness. Victor Danyama. Oh, Dan Straightedge. He's he's a guy who changes his Twitter name all the time. Wait, hold on. Victor, this probably this probably means something. Victor Dan Yama, Victor Dan Yama, Victor. No, I don't know. He wants to know what is the best vegetable. You know, Dan, you don't <laughs> have to send a question every week. <laughs> I'm gonna say if green- it's not there, it's just not there. Are you really? It's okay. I'm, I'm gonna say green peppers. I like green peppers. All right. <sighs> um, sure. Uh, Christian. Uh, person's got a bunch of X's in their name. I don't know what the heck this is. His Twitter handle is Christian H, numeral 8 SU. So Christian hates you, wants to know if Kovalchuk returns to the Devils and you are Ray Shero, what's your first move? Mm. What are yes, you doing? Yes, right. it's the annual mm-hmm. Kovalchuk is coming back from the KHL rumor. Uh, well, see, my understanding is if he wants to come back, he it has to be with the Devils and then the Devils could trade him. Like he can't, he, he doesn't come back as a free agent. So, I mean, if I'm, right. if I'm Ray Shiro, I don't, I don't want him now. Like with, with where my team's at now, I, I kind of, yeah, that's, that's a situation where you want to, you want to trade him like a sign and trade type deal. So what I do is, yeah, I go, I, I probably go to him and say, go talk to as many teams as you want. You have my permission to negotiate, come back to me with a list of at least three teams, not one team. If you give me one team, I'm not, you won't, I'm not trading you. Give me three teams so that I can get some real bidding going and, and some real uh, and, and get the best possible and and uh, and go from there and hope I can get picks, prospects, guys, guys who can help me finally get Taylor Hall to the to the playoffs, something like that. That is the correct answer. Like after hey, after Alex right Radulov came back, now people will be like, oh, let's get the new Radulov and Kovalchuk. You, you can probably get some stuff for him. Um, Slaw who goes by Hesla Tony on Twitter, wants to know if the Fiala play last night bothered you. Well, the hit, the, the hit into the board. Like, I guess like, I, I guess like not like in terms of yeah. like the, the actual violence. Like, yeah, that was bad. The fact that, yeah, I mean that like the hit at the time I was watching, I'm like, oh, that didn't look good. And then you watch the replays and yeah, like I'm not, I, I don't, I, I don't want to make light of it, but I mean, it looked like one of those old super Dave stunts where like <laughs> the budget for like the, 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 body double was like eight dollars so they just filled yeah filled like a filled a jumpsuit with his legs went ways that i've never seen legs go it was like that one leg was just not that that was like the sort of thing like you'd see that in a video game be like oh i think i broke the physics engine on this because this isn't where yeah i i the play i don't know i mean that's that's a it's like the puck is gone and he gives him kind of the extra shove so i don't I don't like those plays in general. No, he, I, I he, he still had the puck, didn't he? He was he was he was the puck cur- was he, he the was puck curl- was gone, but it wasn't like it wasn't a late hit. Yeah. It was well within what's okay in the NHL. But the puck was gone, and 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 he gave him the shove, and it's like I I mean I wouldn't mind if the NHL just said we're gonna we're gonna treat you know we're we're gonna try to move away from that, and if the puck's gone, it's gone. But th- that's a play that happens a dozen times in every game, and it just. This one happened to be at the exact right place and angle and, and everything that it resulted in a really ugly injury. So I didn't like in general I don't love those hits, but I can't I can't single that one out and say, Oh, that's that should be a suspension or whatever, because that play happens 
all the time. Hold on, I'm watching the play again. I th- I thought like he I thought he was just trying to carry the puck behind the net and Bortuzzo was just cutting him off and then it just went bad. But let me see. Let me see this replay here as volume trickles into the podcast. Well, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, he was 100% still carrying the puck. Yeah. Was he? He, yeah, he still had it. It was it was just a bad unfortunate like there shouldn't be a suspension or anything. We just got we just got the first time that our podcast was stopped for a replay review. <laughs> Actually, he was off He was offside, so it should He's going to come upon further review. Like I thought good, good I, I thought honestly like that the, the report was going to be like he he tore his groin entirely. Like I thought like it was just his legs went in so awkwardly that yeah. like his body I didn't think his 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 femur absorbed What was everything. the what was the report oh yeah oh oh, yeah his broken femur he's out for the season yeah that's bad that's not you know it's bad when they actually tell you what the injury is or or if you're a carlson and you're just bored and you just don't you just don't want to answer the question anymore you're just like broken broken foot broken foot leave me alone i had a broken foot yesterday but my foot's not going to be broken tomorrow so i can tell you about it like i don't think that's how injuries work (laughs) eric but all right yeah, when, when tonight when Mark Stahl is constantly kicking him in the foot in the corner when they're battling on the battling on the wall or something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that works out for Eric Carlson. Oh, careful there, Rangers. We got there's forensic experts up here in Ottawa who will <laughs> analyze any Eric Carlson injuries. Oh, by the way, my my apologies for talking you out of the Rangers. That's 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 on me. I, yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that to you. That's that's. that's I'm. My you know fault. what? I'm. I didn't. I didn't change it on the post, and I'm leaving it there. And I'm claiming I got five out of eight correct. <laughs> that's fair. I'm just gonna. I'm going to uh, hope there's not a lot of crossover between the podcast and the previous. Um, and I guess we'll do one more. Graves, WB Gravy, what is the most overrated fast food chain? Everyone knows for me it's it's In-N-Out. In-N-Out's very, very, very overrated. Tim Tim agrees. It's it, Yeah, he's from California. He knows. It's fine. It's a fine, fine place. It's just not this thing where you need to Instagram your goddamn friggin' In-N-Out every time you go there. So that's my yeah, answer. it's uh, yeah. I mean, I I went. We don't have them in Canada. I don't think we don't have them in Ottawa, at least. And I went down, and when I was down there, and it was it was fine. The fries aren't good though. I don't. I'm sorry. I know. Right. They're not. I know. Like you put. I know. I I have to say a code word for them to put like sauce on them, but I need to have a code word that they they make real French fries and not just <laughs> those like skinny little things. Uh, Burgers were okay, but yeah, you're right. Like it it had been hyped so yeah, much that it's it's fine. It's it's perfectly okay. It's just Jesus. Every time like someone's in California, like they take a selfie while they're sipping their in and out. Like, uh, just yeah, this is the ninetieth time you've posted this. Like, I don't post something every time I go to Taco Bell. Maybe I do. Taco Taco <laughs> Bell Taco Bell is really good though. Um, before we wrap it up, you want to do some predictions real quick because I'm, I'm even, even though the series are going to be all one game old by the time you hear this, we're honest yes. people. Um, would you would, would you would you what do you got in my, the West? My picks. I had the I had the Predators. I want to say the Predators in six, Oilers in six, and I had the Capitals in seven, coming back from a three-one series deficit. Wow, I like it. And I and I took the Senators in in seven. I just feel like anytime wait, everybody seems wait. to agree on something, you're bailing on the nervous. Rangers. You're bailing on the Rangers now. Yeah, again, I am. This, this I'm is, bailing on the range. Well, are you? Why are you? Are you trying to talk me out of that, Dave? I'm gonna say Rangers in six. I think they're okay. just too, they're they're but there's like my, I'm going I'm going Preds in five, Ducks in seven, Rangers in six, and Caps in five. I just if the Rangers are good enough to beat Montreal, they're good enough to beat Ottawa. They're, they're, there's, I, there's I think they should be, but just you know Ottawa is starting to feel to me like that one weird team where things don't really make sense and and uh, and, and like Tyler Dell had a good thing where he like the one of the big problems with the Senators all year was they had a terrible fourth line that was just getting caved in every shift, and they don't use them anymore in the playoffs. They're actually using good mm. players now, so they're they're maybe better than the numbers would lead you to believe. I you know I just 
I'm, I'm part of me is kind of dreading it being up here in Ottawa, but, uh, I, yeah, I could, I could see them pulling, pulling off the home ice upset. I'm just anti, I'm anti two things. I'm anti a conference final. That's Ottawa, Washington or Ottawa, Pittsburgh. I just, I don't want to see that. I don't know. The Rangers versus one of those two teams would be way more fun. And two, I'm tired of this guy in Ottawa whose name is Borowicki, who does not pronounce his name like anything like it's spelled. <laughs> it's absurd. Yes. I, I don't understand how I don't understand how they, they it's just no I'm 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 anti I also don't want Guy Boucher to win I like Guy Boucher I just don't want to watch like a, a Caps like if the Caps are going to play someone in the conference finals or the Penguins are going to play someone in the conference finals it can't be a team that like Ottawa that's going to strangle the life out of the series I want to enjoy the conference finals so for that standpoint you know what? every time every series there's always like some controversial call and some fan base always acts like the NHL is rigging it like like I had Bruins fans who were like, oh, obviously the NHL put their call, and I'm like, yeah, yeah they, the NHL, you know how the NHL always rigs things in favor of the small market Canadian team that has zero fans outside of the local border. But uh, t- like, if anything happens, like if they if they were ever going to do it, the idea that you could have you're going to have Ovechkin or Crosby in the conference final either against New York, right, or against Ottawa. Yeah, I don't know. Don't. Uh, don't take it. Don't take any uh, borderline calls out there, senators. You may want to may want to play this one safe. I want to see the NBC SN uh, tweet for that one. You know, Ovechkin, yeah. Hoffman, Stone, Backstrom. I'm leaving out Carlson for comedic effect, but that's 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 just not it's just not going to be. It's a just going to be Carlson series. over and over again. Yeah, Ovechkin, Carlson, Backstrom, still Carlson. Carlson's good enough, I think, to to get Ottawa a game or two against the Rangers, but I just don't know yeah. how the rest is going to. But I don't know. The Rangers' defense still sucks. If Lundqvist, like I said this on the other podcast, like Lundqvist was like nine forty six for six games. So like, let's say he he comes down to like nine thirty, nine thirty five through two rounds. Like that means he's going to be at like nine fifteen ish probably for the second. That might be enough for Ottawa to do it. But I don't know. I just I, I just again I just think if they're good enough to beat Montreal in six, they can beat Ottawa in six. But who knows? I've I went four and four in the first round. So what the hell do I know? All right, I think that's it for us, right? We're we, we, we're exhausted. We've worked for like fifty five minutes, right? We've done, yeah, we we've done fifty five of which, like only fifteen was NBA related. So yeah, I mean, if you want to come back do, next, do week, you have any can... hot NFL draft takes? Uh, as a Giants fan, it's weird. They pick twenty third in every mock draft. I've seen them taking a quarterback, a running back, an offensive tackle, a linebacker. So I just want the Giants. Like I, essentially, the only thing I want for the Giants is if. Um, uh, Deshaun Watson is there. I love Eli. Love me some Eli. But if somehow Deshaun Watson falls to twenty three, I would like to see them take uh, Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. Beautiful. That's my that's my take. There it is. How about you? How about the How about the Edmonton Eskimos? You got any feelings about the what they're going to do this yeah. year? Yeah, the CFL draft. The <laughs> where the teams just there's like four Canadian offensive linemen who just go top four, and then that's it. The is draft that- is over. Who's that Canadian coach again? Mark Tressman? Is he still is he back in Canada? Is he is he doing his thing? Yeah, in the I don't CFL? I don't know where he is. I feel like he's still bouncing around the NFL somewhere. But did uh, he? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I lost track of him. He was a Bears coach, and then I think he got fired. You guys just he's... gotta you know like let's let's cut the nonsense and let's get uh, let's get Johnny Football and Tim Tebow up here and let's make some CFL magic. All right, what what do you want to sell? You got anything you want to sell? We, we got we have we have a book. We never we never talk about it on this podcast. It's the hundred something or other players to do a thing. Um, and by the way, um, the three 
players the Blackhawks are all out in the first round and um, Eric Carlson who was on our list not on the NHL's list second round Evgeny Malkin same thing second round Henrik Lundqvist same thing second round so it's a it's a much more accurate book I believe that you can, you can get on Amazon it is I don't know if you saw it I, somebody did like a analytics approach to the top 100 and hmm. they, I, they they basically came away I'll, I'll summarize the po- they they basically decided that our list was better than the NHL's list. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, oh, I thought they were doing like an annex, like an analytics list of their own guys, where it's like Alex Semin is number thirty-two or something. Well, it was more like here's the guys who shouldn't be on the list, and here's the guys who should be there instead. And I think I think ours was closer to yes, their ideal. We're the best. All right. Well, that was episode twenty-five. We'll, we're going to be back next week at an earlier day. I think Tuesday is when we're going to drop next week because I'm going to Seattle to do drugs and eat grasshoppers and at the seattle mariners game and uh i'm doing that on thursday so that's the day we record so look for us earlier next week and uh that's it i guess uh send this send this home sean that's it everybody have a great weekend and uh enjoy watching nhl playoff games that will cause you to completely revise your position on trades that happened a year ago (laughs) and then uh, go on twitter and yell at people about it Yeah, especially us. We love that. It's awesome. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.